Desmond Bain be an all-star without Ja Morant? Is this the last roll of the dice for 35-year-old Steph Curry? I'm Alexander J from Beeble Bites and today we look at both the Golden State Warriors and the Memphis Grizzlies and see who will finish higher in a loaded Western Conference this year in the NBA. The Grizzlies won 51 games last year under Taylor Jenkins. Not bad considering uber-athletic Ja Morant missed 21 games through injury and suspension. A hand injury in the playoffs against the Lakers costing the Grizzlies dearly as they went down in six games in the Western Conference semis. Ja was at his electric best when on the court, making me wince every time he elevated from what seemed to be like free throw range for thunderous attempts at manslaughter or these super acrobatic layups. He finished the year averaging 26 points, 6 rebounds and 8 assists a game. The Grizzlies ended the season 5th in pace and 2nd in defensive rating, a bit of a confusing combination. This offseason the Grizzlies lost Dylan Brooks to Houston and Tyus Jones to Washington. They'll also miss Brandon Clark to another reported Achilles setback during this previous offseason. They've upgraded to Marcus Smart in Brooks' old role and signed 35-year-old Derek Rose. In a stat I've used about five times this preseason, the Grizzlies are 31-15 and 15 when Ja Morant has missed time due to injury or suspension over the last two years, even though it was much closer to 500 basketball last season. They achieved that feat by relying on Desmond Bain's scoring ability, flexing Jaron Jackson Jr.'s scoring ability, particularly late last year, and by utilizing the best backup point guard in the league in Tyus Jones. He averaged 10 points, 5 assists in 20 minutes a game before ending up in Washington this past offseason. They also had Dylan Brooks, who at least to me, led the league in attempts that make you go, Yikes. It's a theoretical upgrade from defensive villain Dylan to an aging Marcus Smart, who Celtics fans have been telling me is on the decline for the last three years and still prone to similar decision-making issues. Nonetheless, with defensive steward Stephen Adams back in the frame, along with the projected improvement of 6'11 forward Santi Aldama, I have faith this team can either tread or improve on 500 basketball for most of Jar's absence over the first 25 games. I'm also interested in the growth of Kenneth Lofton Jr., who won the G League Rookie of the Year last year. Lofton Jr. is kind of built-like and got the same aptitude for rebounds like Charles Barkley, but conflicting reports out of camp state he's currently out of shape. Given Coach Taylor Jenkins' emphasis on defense, he might have to wait for some injury minutes to show us what he's got. I've got a guest today to talk everything Memphis Grizzlies, let's bring him on. I'd like to welcome back to the show the COO of the Mojo Sports Network, where you can find me, Alexander J, the host of the NBA show every week. Ben McQueen, welcome back. All right, Alex, good to be here to talk about probably most hated team in the, the league at this point. So Not anymore, yeah. they've, they've shipped off Dylan Brooks, not anymore. <laughs> That, that'll certainly help. You and I were talking off air today. This is the team. At this point, we've done the least amount of research for. Maybe by the time you guys are hearing this, I've, I've put together a bit of a, a nicer package. But the, the thing that stands out to me about the Grizzlies is they upgraded from Dylan Brooks to Marcus Smart, and that is a true upgrade. Uh, upgrade in maturity and an upgrade in defense and production. Um, they've also lost Tyus Jones. And if you weren't paying attention last year, best backup point guard in the league. Um, he's off to Washington and sneaky candidate for most improved. Maybe I'll uh, mention that in another episode. What are your thoughts here, Ben? What's going on with the Grizzlies? Absolutely agree with Tyus Jones being the best pack-up point guard. And I almost viewed it as a swap from him and Marcus Smart. So I think that's sort of, you're just swapping IQ and passing for more defense. So I think in the regular season, we'd seen that, and a lot of the, the Jar haters will point this out, that they didn't drop off too much in terms of win-loss without Jar, or maybe even got better. So I think this will probably push them down the standings a little bit. You know, second seed was quite high last year and there's some just incredible teams in the West and a few more games that get even harder. So I think they'll be around about the same. I think maybe regular season, they get a little bit worse. They finish in that three to five range. I think in the playoffs, Marcus Smart has, you know, not been there and done it in terms of um, being to the finals and really doing it, but you know, he's been quite consistent and 
up there for defensive player of the year pretty much every year. So I think um, getting Canard's really good for them as well. So I, I really like their depth. One of the absolute deepest teams in the competition and, and and two ways as well. I think they are lacking a little bit of IQ, especially losing Jones now, which I don't particularly like, but I think they have probably increased their their chances in the playoffs just that little bit by getting uh, Marcus Smart. But it is sad to see Tyus Jones go as well. And I imagine if I was a Grizzlies fan, I'd be I'd be quite sad that you know you couldn't keep him. But I suppose that 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 stage of sort of the, the honeymoon period where you have all those players on really good contracts and they and they get really good and then you know, you've got to start paying them and things like that and moving them on. So, um, yeah, I think they have probably improved their team ever so slightly from last year. You hit on everything that I had prepared. So now I've got to go like off the dome and try and think of something interesting to say. One of the things that I haven't seen mentioned anywhere yet is uh, Derek Rose's return to Memphis. I think he played college ball in Memphis. Do you suspect he'd get much playing time? I think now with that hole that Tyus Jones um, leaves and with Jar, of course, as well, then yeah, he's probably going to be the backup to start the season, I'd imagine. So I'd imagine he gets a bit of time. So I imagine he'll play a bit, especially um, early on, but then you know, come playoffs, I'm not sure if he's going to be someone who's really featuring. My burning question for the Memphis Grizzlies is the following. Desmond Bain, future All-Star? So I'm going to break your heart here and go no, but I think, I... Exceptionally, I think you'll get exceptionally close this year. So I think with Jai up those 25 games, if they're sitting second in the West again, he's averaging 25 to 27, which I think he could well do, then he's a really good chance of that as well. So Desmond Bain, best biceps in the league too. Are we going to exit this uh, segment by flexing? Come on, Ben. <laughs> Come on, let me see the guns. <laughs> Thanks for joining me, Ben. No worries, mate. Appreciate it. This gambling line for the Grizzlies is set at 45.5 in the West, and I've got the Grizzlies as a pretty comfortable over on the back of what I think will be Desmond Bain's growth and scoring, Jared Jackson Jr.'s ability on both ends, integrating Marcus Smart, and hopefully Jar's return for good around Christmas. I've been fourth in the Western Conference as heavyweights during the regular season, though I want to see improvement in the postseason. What do you think about the Grizzlies? Let me know in the comments as we move on to the Golden State Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Now, I wrote a sting and I'm not really happy about it, but is this the last chance for the Golden State Warriors? I wrote that two days ago, and then in yesterday's game, Steph Curry did this. Steph's got it. Seconds. The three to win the game. He hits it with 5.5. You can't keep getting away with it. 
Last year was really the year from hell for the Warriors. A very public fallout between Jordan Poole and Draymond Green ruined what should have been dynasty vibes as the team set off a very disappointing 3-7 start. They eventually righted the ship. They finished 44-38, and good for 6th in the West, losing 6 games to the Lakers in the Western Semis after a really fun and competitive 7-game series against the surging Sacramento Kings. The Warriors do play with the second highest pace in the league and scored the second most points per game last year. This offseason, Jordan Poole and Dante DiVincenzo are gone. The Warriors bringing in Chris Paul for maybe his best chance at a championship ring. Instead of predicting how the Warriors play this year, I thought it'd be more fun to look at what's at stake for this team. Steph Curry will be 36 years old by the time the playoffs roll around, and though his game should theoretically age pretty nicely, it's a fact, father time is undefeated. It's not really fair to compare his greatness and longevity to Ray Allen or Reggie Miller, but I've gone ahead and done it anyway. Ray Allen started to see some dips from his three-point efficiency at age 36, going from 45% to 41% and 37% in subsequent years. Reggie Miller largely had seasons shooting 40% from the arc until after his 36th year as well, dropping to 35%, 40%, and then 32% in his final three years. Neither Allen or Miller shot as many or harder shots as Steph does on a nightly basis, but I'd re be remiss kind of not to point this out, that the decline happens. We see it with LeBron right now. He's still great, but the decline happens. Steph's in fantastic shape and super well-known for his off-ball movement, so something Miller and Allen did less and less in that period of their career as well. For similar reasons, I predict this will likely be the first year since 2014 that Clay doesn't average 20 points a game. Clay's younger, he's only 33 years old this year, but he'll be in the final year of his contract worth $43 million, and it's a tough decision on what the Warriors should do moving forward. They've already locked up both Steph and Draymond Green into monster extensions. Chris Paul's also dropped to $30 million next season, never mind Andrew Wiggins, still on fantastic coin. The Warriors organization is staring down the barrel of at least $206 million in the books this year. That's about $70 million over the cap and $40 million over the luxury tax, with enough tough decisions looming over the horizon that their former GM Bob Myers was just like, I'm out. In fact, SpotTrack estimates that the current luxury tax bill for the Warriors this year alone is $188 million. Can I have just a tiny fraction of that, please? Now, if the Warriors go out and make the NBA Finals or win a fifth ring for this dynasty, and Clay comes back and asks for the max or close to it, you'd probably weigh it up and say, eh, we'll make the money back in jersey sales, tickets, and sponsorships. But if the Warriors finish with another mediocre record and the Western Semis exit again, I would hate to be GM Mike Dunleavy and make this decision. I'd also say keep your eye on 21-year-old Jonathan Kamingo, who looked good in a couple preseason games so far. The Warriors also have three interesting prospects, the 2023 G League Most Improved Player in Leicester King Yones, Usman Garuba, and this year's draft pick Brandon Pajemski. He can shoot threes. Anyway, enough of my opinion, let's bring on the mini basketball encyclopedia, Yuri Bilsic, for his thoughts as well. Joining me now to talk about the Golden State Warriors is the mini basketball encyclopedia, my good friend Yuri Bilsic. Welcome back to the show. Alex, great to be on as always, and the most intriguing team we've well, Golden State, you can say, have been intriguing, but considering they've won four championships in nine seasons, definitely see them getting close to 50 wins, Alex. Yeah, I they've... think the biggest part... Go ahead. Yep, the biggest part to throw to you as well is the road record because that was abysmal last season. Yeah, your burning question for me for this episode was, can the Warriors fix their road woes? Uh, and I'll answer that question with an, another kind of question is, this team has an enormous salary between Steph Clay, Chris Paul, Andrew Wiggins, and Draymond Green. I'm looking at it now, and it's 
eyeballing it, $150 million. So they filled out that roster with a lot of young talent, which to me is the most interesting thing. But I don't think a lot of young talent travels very well on the road. And I think that might be the situation this year where the Steam plays fairly well at home on the road. They've got a lot of young guys, a lot of rookies, first, second year players that I'm interested in. I want to see uh, a couple of them being, they've got two rookies in Kendrick Davis and Javon Johnson. Lester Quinone is assigned a two-way. He was pretty good in the summer league. Usman Garuba has also shown flashes. Um, Brandon Pajemski, the rookie they've drafted this year, I'm super super interested in. And then you go back to Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga. So a lot of young teams don't always win a lot on the road. I'd be interested to see if you think that'll play a factor at all or whether the veterans like Chris Paul will just sit him down. they got Dario Saric on this team too. I completely forgot. Yeah, he's also another good addition, Alex. And they needed some extra front court size turn, especially his rebounding is... Ability to stretch the floor too. And we've seen that quite frequently thus far during these practice games. As in regards to the road record too, Alex, they, were, they only had a better road record than Houston, Detroit, and San Antonio last season, right? And one road record that comes to mind is the Atlanta Hawks back in the 07-08 season. They finished eighth in the East, 37-45. and 45. They were 25-12 and 12 at home on the road, 12-29. and 29. So that whole discrepancy between playing so well at home, just like Golden State did last year when they were 33 and 8 to 11 and 30, it's completely baffling why they weren't able to have that success on the road. Like what they had right from the first season, Alex, they were 28 13 in 14 15. They were, what, 34 and 7 in 2015 16, 31 and 10 the year before. I think it was 29 and 12 after that, or. And then 27 and 14, and then it was 7 and 24 during, of course, that COVID hit season, 14 and 22, and then 21, 22, when they won that fourth championship in eight seasons, they were 22 and 19 away from Chase Center. So it sort of has fluctuated the last three seasons, and that's going to be so key, right, Alex? Because look in the Eastern Conference, right, with some of the teams that had exceptional road records, you think the New York Knicks, I think they were Mm. 24 and 17 away from MSG, which is splendid and especially when as an eastern conference team you've got to travel to the west where it's extremely hard enough but some of the eastern conference um western conference teams shall I say really struggled and especially against their own conference foes too so that's going to play a real telling part i think thanks a lot for coming on yuri we'll talk again very soon too easy alex the other underline is set for 48.5 for this iteration of the warriors and i think that's pretty accurate I'm refraining from this bet this year because the Warriors have destroyed my multis for the last three years in a row. But given I think this is the last golden iteration of this Warriors Big 3 plus Chris Paul, I would kindly suggest the over just to to enjoy the vibe purposes really. I have the Warriors finishing 5th in a loaded west as an outside chance of making some noise one last time. Thanks for watching today's episode. Hit subscribe for more team previews before the NBA season starts. Usually we're a five-minute daily show. You can listen to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I'm Alexander J. This has been Beeble Bites. Thanks, I guess. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.